Vantage Point Podcast. Just want to welcome you to another week um, as we close out a series that we've been doing called America Divided. Um, just want to first welcome back all um, faithful listeners that have been with us since we relaunched back in May. And then also just want to welcome any first-time listeners and might be asking yourself, what is Vantage Point? What does it mean? What kind of podcast is it? And so figured I'd take a little bit of time every so often to just you know, kind of outline what Vantage Point is and and everything about it. So um, it is a podcast that I launched about a year ago, uh, relaunched this year, and really tried to keep um, it just message-based. It's focused on godly perspectives um, and really just aiming to give that Vantage Point or a different perspective on the Bible, on the teachings, um, different topics. No topic is off limits. Um, and then try to keep the series or the message series around four to six weeks, although sometimes we may go longer. Um, but really, it's geared to just give people perspective um, on daily living, things of that nature, um, and just really focus on the Word of God. Um, also available, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Radio Public, as well as on the website and YouTube as well. And I also want to take a minute just to talk about our series for August. Um, Something's been on my heart for a while to talk through, and God has just given me a lot of um, information and insight to to this topic. And so the uh, August series will be called Father Figures. Um, We're going to be looking at biblical examples of fatherhood. We may even have some guests um, that are fathers in different phases of fatherhood and just what can we learn. Um, I'll also be sharing just my own personal um, story around being a father and um, the absence of my father in my life and and the impacts of that. So definitely um, starting next week, we'll be jumping into that. But uh, we wanted to um, finish out the series we've been doing called America Divided. Wanted to just take a minute and just thank everyone who's shared feedback, given their insights on the series. Um, it's definitely been um, a challenging series in terms of just, you know, getting the content right, doing a lot of prep, doing a lot of Bible reading, which has been just um, encouraging and um, sometimes difficult um, just because, again, but sometimes Bible interpretation is not um easy to come by, but definitely just thankful through prayer and wisdom and just insight from other people um, to being able to just put this thing together. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that even as you go back to listen to this series, um, if this is your first time listening or, um, you know, you've re- replayed the series several times, I just pray and just hope that you get something out of it, that you get some insights some revelation into division and um, all the different aspects of it we talked about. And so week one, we talked about the sin of division, kind of the origins. Um, We started to look at the life of Paul, um, even looked at Jesus and his disciples and how, um, you know, the type of people Jesus um, hung out with um, and and kind of put himself, put himself around. Uh, Week two, we looked at the root of division. We talked about filters. We talked about um, just how we perceive things that we internalize in the world. Um, last week, uh, we talked about the face of division. We talked about um, how do we identify division in ourselves? How, do we, how are we able to stand um, and examine ourselves and focus less on others, but more on ourselves? And in this week, uh, as we, you know, as I run down and then kind of wind down the series, I wanted to focus on the cure of division. And 
I really feel like even through the life of Paul that we will we can be able to take some things away that um, can help us um, as we navigate through division. Again, I've mentioned it too many, so many times uh, in this series, throughout the series that, you know, this year, this, this time in history, this time in America is by far the most um, divisive that I've seen in my lifetime. And as I'm sure for many of you who are listening, this is the first time, whether it's politically, racially, um, sexual orientation, and religiously, there's a lot of um, divisions that we see in the world right now. And um, it, it was important that um, I take a minute to um, talk about this and, and, and really, um, you know, shed light on some things and, and from a biblical perspective, because I think with so much division and divisiveness, emotions can get involved and own agendas can get involved. And so my, my goal with the series was never to, you know, kind of here's what Nick thinks, but really just what does the Bible say? What does what can we learn from the word of God about division and how can we um, move forward toward unity, which is ultimately what Christ um, is unifying? You know, we talked about um, the tearing of the veil um, at the cross and what that meant and how that opened um, a gateway and a door to Jesus for anyone, whether they be Jew or Gentile. And I think those things stand true for us today that, you know, Jesus is a unifying force um, for all people, whether you're white, black, gay, straight, um, any any Democrat, Republican, Trump supporter, Biden supporter, no supporter. I mean, there, there's room at the cross and, and there's room that um, that we um, can utilize that and that can be a, a driving force to unity. And so um, in this last episode, I just wanted to touch on a few things that, you know, in reading um, one specific letter that Paul wrote, um, the book of Romans, um, just really shed a lot of light on what it takes to cure division. And um, definitely um, pray and hope that through this message that you'll be able to um, take these Take these insights and take these practices to, you know, in your own in your own walk. And, and I know it's blessed me to do to go through it. So um, as you were reading this, this book and, and a lot and just a little bit of insight on the book of Romans is actually, despite it being in the position that it's in in the Bible, it's actually the last uh, one of the last ones or the last one that Paul wrote. Um, and it is such a um, intricate and fully detailed um gospel experience. I mean, it, it, it is one of the, um, you know, as I read through it, and I've actually read through it about two or three times now um, in the past week, um, just gaining insights from, from the life of Paul and his words. And um, the, the, the entire book is just a um, well-written, well-spoken um, synopsis, really, of what Christ is, what Christ means, and how we should all um, be in line with him. And so the first thing that really stuck out to me um, around curing division is it takes vision. Um, you know, we talked about Paul um, on his road to Damascus and, and, and at that moment of his salvation, and like, like many of us, um, the, the acceptance of, of Jesus Christ as our Savior is our, also our acceptance to the vision that Jesus has for a unified body, whether it be from Jew or Gentile. 
um, that salvation is a moment where, you know, we put down our own visions, our own plans, and we accept Jesus Christ um, for who he is as our Lord and Savior. And, you know, that that vision, that, that um, Savior doesn't see us as you know, our backgrounds, our sins, our, our shortcomings, our failures, our insecurities. You know, he doesn't see the color of our skin or our, what we believe prior to, you know, what what's seen is this unequivocal fact that we are all God's children. And, and I think a lot of the times, you know, in the world is that, you know, there are there have been uh, people at different points and, 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 you know, Black America can definitely attest that we have not been, we've been seen as not worthy of Christ's love in in some respects, even back in slavery times and, and segregation. And so, um, you know, to to walk in that freedom, to walk in that um, vision of Christ, to be a part of that vision is, is such a key thing. And I think one of the things that I love um, about my church, about uh, Transformation Church out here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is that the vision that our pastor, Michael Todd, has is this multicultural, multi multi generational um, church that exists, and that it's you know this picture of heaven, and um, there are too many churches across the country who don't uh, look like that, who don't look um, like heaven. They look very one sided, whether it's all black, all white, all Hispanic, um, all male. I, I mean, there there are just so many different things that that lead um, us to to even look at church in, in that divisive way. And a lot of what Paul is talking about in the book of Romans is specifically um, about the church, uh, the, the Roman churches and, and how they had their divisions and their beliefs, whether they're Jew or, or non-Jew, and but they also believe in, in um, Jesus or they believe in the law or all of these things. And, and that's one of the things that um, that Paul takes when it comes to him writing to this to the churches in Rome is that it's going to take this vision and even through all through his words he's speaking um, this vision to them he's speaking it every time and the one in particular um, he's talking about in um, Romans 8 18 through 21 and it says yet we suffer now yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. And, you know, it, it's even when I look at the world today and, and the things that are going on, even even like something like Black Lives Matter um, and, and fighting for social equality and all of these things, but wanting to make sure that, you know, whatever we're fighting for, whatever that, whatever that looks like, what that equality looks like, having a vision, um, that's what I would say, you know, when you look at um, pillars of the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, um, even John Lewis, who just recently passed, like they had vision. They had a vision of, of something unified, um, something that looked um, as everyone, man, woman, black, white, were together. Um, and, and even Martin Luther King has said that many times um, in his speeches about it wasn't necessarily that 
and and I think what some people believe like you know as we fight for equality as black people we are somehow looking to be better than or the and that's not the case it's 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 a fight for equality now it's, it's not a fight for freedom it's a fight for equality and being able to not be judged by the con by the color of our skin but in the content of our character as martin luther king uh jr as dr king has said um in one of his speeches but there there's something about having a vision and so as, as we continue to fight i, I love what i'm seeing from various sports outlets and other people, whether they're celebrities, whether they're people um, who are taking that mantle and, and, and actually speaking vision into life. And I think those are gonna be the things that help cure um, division in this country. Um, a second thing, and probably one of the biggest ones um, next to vision is curing division takes courage. Um, you know, we can look at the life of Paul and, you know, you talk about somebody who really was the epitome of courage on on many levels. Um, you know, Paul had the courage to um, acknowledge his past self, um, which many people fail to do or, or struggle to do. We talked about that last week. We talked about um, Paul being able to be in front of the courts and being able to say, yes, I was who you say I am. I was this murderous, murderous um person and, and persecutor of Christians. This is who I was, but this is who I am now. And, you know, being able to, to acknowledge that takes courage. Um, his, his ability to preach and write the vision of Jesus Christ to anyone, Gentiles, he, he was literally the apostle, apostle to the Gentiles. Um, it, it takes courage to proclaim the name of Jesus. I, I think um, there are some people who, who like to keep their, um, their Jesus, their, their faith in a, in a bottle and it only gets pulled out when, you know, needed, but the, the people who can live out loud, who can live their faith out loud, whether it's through their social media, through their music, through their speaking, um, through their writing, those are, you know, that takes a courageous, that takes a high amount of courage um to do because you know we live in a world that you know 7.5 billion people and and the entire world is not all saved they don't all know jesus and so to you know preach that boldly is something that paul um really prided himself on and it wasn't just to you know jew or jewish people it was you know he preached to you know kings he preached in prison he preached to Gen I mean, Gentile, everybody, religious leaders, even people who went against him, he still preached with the same courage and the same amount of, of, of fervor and, and intensity that, that is needed um, to help, you know, subdue division. Um, another one, you know, we look at the life of Paul and in some ways, you know, many ways, he, he suffered and endured a lot of what Jesus did. Um, you know, Paul was jailed, he was beaten. Um, but at no point did he lose his courage or did he lose his faith to proclaim the name of Jesus. Um, even in 2 Corinthians 11, 23, 28, it says, um, are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number and faith, faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. 
I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities and the deserts and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, endured many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And then he says something that by all means really just takes courage to say, despite all of that, despite all of that hardship, all of that, everything he's been through, he ends this passage of scripture and says, but besides all that, he literally puts that to the side and said, I still have a daily burden of my concern for all the churches. I mean, these are, you know, he, he, Paul is literally, I mean, most, most of us would just give up. We wouldn't even care about the church at this point, being stoned and shipwrecked and, and danger and, and face death time and time again. I mean, it, it would have been done. We, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this anymore. But Paul literally stood the, the test and stood in the gap and stood in his, in his courageousness and belief and faith in what um what he believed in what in in the G, in the resurrection of Jesus and Jesus being the savior for all mankind even in Romans 1 16 17 Paul, Paul affirms this reaffirms this and says for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile this good news tells us how good how God makes us right in his sight this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. And as, script, as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Um, and, and, I, and I truly believe that, that in Paul's life, and something we can take away from this as we continue to um, you know, push and drive unity and, and, and have, courage, have courage is that what we believe in, not being ashamed of it, that takes courage to stand on what you believe in and have that faith and be righteous. And then even knowing that in the midst of your fighting and belief that you know that um, God is with you. And Paul, again, Romans 8, 38, 39, Paul says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, neither our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell, can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I, I you know, that that's always been a scripture that's stood out to me, but putting it in full context with Romans and the life of Paul, it literally, you know, he, he literally lived a lot of what he just said. Um, and, and, you know, I think we, we say that in, in jest, we say that when we pray, nothing can separate us from the Lord. And, and we've all had our levels of tests and trials. But when you read the story of Paul, when you read his life, and then you go back and, and reread Romans 8, 38, 39, it's like, man, like you, everything you say, you've literally been through near death, near these things. And still he's there. He's still preaching the word. He's still worried about God's church. 
and fulfilling the mission that, that Jesus gave him. And that I believe is, is the level of courageousness we need to really unify this country, this world, um, and, and drive unity in the world. The third um, cure um, is really, cure, you know, curing division takes love. And Paul also understood that that sacrificial, unconditional love um, that Jesus had for all people. You know, Paul didn't limit that thinking to, to one set of people, the Jews or the Gentiles, even though his primary mission was, was bringing the Gentiles. But Jesus even told him, you're going to preach to more than that. You're going to influence more than that. Um, and even in Romans 5, 6, and 8, another um, very familiar scripture to a lot of people, you know, we when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who was especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. The church was still divided. There's still sin in the world. And God still sent his son for us, for Paul, for everyone who's listening to this, that 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 love is, is such a such a massive part um, of curing division because I, I I constantly think about this when it comes to kind of these divide the divisive things that we see in the world right now. Race is a big thing. Politics is a big thing. I mean, I've seen people lose friends over politics, and you know, it, the love of people. Like you know, I I, I don't hate people who are Trump supporters. I don't hate people who are who, who are LGBTQ. I, I have love for, for those people. Do I fundamentally agree with everything they say? No, and I'm not going to. Um, that's what you see even in, in, in Romans. You know, Paul is talking to this new set of Christians who are all about Jesus being the, 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 the way to, to God and, and the bridge. And then you have other people who are saying, no, it has to be the law. And the bottom line is they they all um, are still God's children. They are all still there and there. And I love how within this within Romans this letter, Paul shows love, encouragement, accountability. He shows it all, but it's through love that he's actually doing it. And it's just amazing to see that, and you really get the culmination of this love. At the end of um, at the end of Romans in chapter sixteen, where Paul is greeting people that he knows, and and the love and the adoration, and the joy that he gets to you know not only encourage them but also celebrate them for their accomplishments and their and their obedience and their faithfulness, and you see that love kind of culminate in this at the end of this book. And I, I encourage if you never read through the book of Romans. I would read it from chapter one to chapter 16 and really get the full embodiment of what Paul is. And you will see the love of Christ. You will see that sacrificial love that even Paul exhibits um, where he sacrifices his own um, life, his own, um, you know, agenda was what he had. And he sacrificed that for people as he went through his transformation. Um, you know, another thing that um, <clears throat> takes 
curing division is faith. And we've been talking about that a little bit already, but Paul really put all his faith and trust in Jesus and his resurrection. Paul preached it, he wrote it. And and you would, I mean, some may say that Paul preached it and taught it stronger than anyone um, in the Bible. I mean, most of the New Testament is because of Paul. And really you see um, some of those things come out, his faith, um, in Christ, and even he references his correlation between Adam and Jesus is is, is just so good in the book. Um, and in Romans five eighteen and nineteen, uh, one specific passage, Paul says, "Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners." But because one other because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. There's just such a level of faith that Paul had, and a lot of it, I believe, extended from his own experience with Jesus on the road. Um, and and when even Paul goes back and says, while we were still sinners, he did this. Paul was a sinner when Jesus interacted with him. When Jesus showed himself to him on the road, Paul was on his way to do what Paul wanted to do. Um, but even through that, Paul still sees this faith. He still has this, this high faith of, 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 of Jesus and his, and his vision and everything. Um, you know, we, if you've been on this, if you, if you're listening and, and you've been in church um, a while and, and, you know, we know the, the salvation prayer, Romans 10, 9. Um, but this is actually the first time I've read the, the scriptures around Romans 10, 9. Um, but again, another way, another example of Paul just showing us where faith plays a part in unity. And, and Romans 10, 6 through 13 says, but faith, faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go to heaven and don't say who will go down to the place of the dead. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is very, is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentiles are in the same are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the key word in that scripture is in that passage is anyone. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Anyone or everyone, excuse me, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. The, the bottom line is, if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and he raised from the dead, you will be saved. And I think that is what the binding kind of uni, un, universal thing that we can say that will drive unity with us. And, and that's really, again, that's faith. Faith to believe what Jesus did on the cross can save me. Um, it doesn't say you have to be perfect. There's no requirement in there. 
of, of who you are as a person other than you just have to believe in your heart. And I, I, I'm, strong, I'm a strong believer that um, <clears throat> it, it doesn't matter if you're racist, if you're, if you're uh, a murderer, if you're anything. Paul is a perfectly prime example of this scripture. Um, and, and it's coming from his hand, from his writing, that, you know, while we were sinners, the worst of the, Paul was the worst of people back then. If you want to, you know, equate it to something today, um, he was, he, Paul was a murderer. He was a mass murderer, um, persecutor of Christians. Um, but yet Jesus still used him and, and Paul turned his, his mindset, shifted his mindset, and became faith-filled to fulfill that mission. Um, the last thing I, I want to talk about, and I think this is just, again, another epitome of what Paul did in his life, but curing division is going to take action. Um, obviously, we talked about faith. We talked about love. We talked about courage and vision, but action is what's going to um, be another key factor in curing division. And this one is personal for me because I wasn't always an action taking person, but just to give you context on Paul's ministry, um, you know, Paul, his ministry, if you look at maps or Google, where did Paul travel in his ministry? You'll pretty much see a map of the world as we know it today. And you'll see a bunch of lines and these lines pretty much stretch from Western Asia to Central Europe and back around again. Um, but really, most most theologians and people think that during Paul's mission, during his ministry, which was about 30 years, um, preaching and teaching to audiences and, and, and traveling, some say Paul traveled at least 10,000 miles to preach Christianity. Um, you know, sometimes we won't turn the corner um, to, to pray for somebody, or we won't pick up a phone to, to pray at this man literally traveled by foot, by boat, um, over 10,000 miles to preach Christianity to Gentile audiences, Jew audiences, um, throughout that part of the world. Um, you know, and again, I said this earlier that, you know, it's something personal for me when it comes to action, but, um, I, I know for me, um, this was, again, an area of my life I didn't always do. I, I would see things, racism, police brutality, um, mistreatment of LGBTQ, and I, I would think to myself, that's wrong. That's not right. You shouldn't do that. But then I would never do anything about it. I would never speak on it. I would never question it. I would never take action to make a difference in, in, in the world, so to speak. And that's one of the things I'm, I've learned in this series around division. Like you can be mad about division, but until you start doing something about it, then your, your anger is just misplaced. Um, and so then you ask yourself, well, what can I do? What can I do? Um, it doesn't have to be a major thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but you can do something. You can speak on it, post on it. People have, you know, we may not all have platforms, stages, pulpits, microphones, but we have things like social media. We have ways that we can communicate and have conversations and have dialogue with people that drive results. We all live in cities that have 
city council meetings and that people have open forums where they'll let the community come and talk. You know, I encourage you to go to one of those um, and, and do those things because before this series and really before this year, I, I never spoke publicly or, or took steps to to have an impact on social equality or, you know, people being, um, you know, not having to deal with police brutality. I, I think, you know, in my mind, it wasn't necessarily affecting me. So I thought. Um, but this year's different. This year, you know, there are too many people. And let me be clear, it's not just Black people that are tired. Um, I think we're seeing that there are a lot of people in this world that are tired of, of seeing the mistreatment of Black people, seeing the mistreatment of LGBTQ, um, seeing the mistreatment and social injustices when it comes to systemic racism and things like that. And so I think you, what you see now is people using their platforms and using their voice to ignite awareness and change. And that's really what led to this series. That's really what I feel God gave me this series to do because I, I literally had another plan and this was not gonna be the plan. Um, but I'm so thankful to that one, being obedient and hearing from, from God to take something like this um, and have an open forum discussion it's going to be out there. People can listen to this days, months, weeks, years from now. Um, and it's going to be out there. And, and some people won't like it. Some people won't understand it. Some people will question these last four weeks of why even talk about it. If that's not the case. And, you know, I, I really challenge people to, to look at the world with perspective. And not just your perspective and understanding, but try for a moment to look at the world from my perspective, from an LGBTQ's perspective. And you say, well, I'm not black and I'm not gay. How can I do that? Well, the first thing you can do is you can ask. You, you can ask me what my experience is. And you have to be willing to listen to it, not to disagree, but to listen. And I would have to do the same. And I would be open to, to doing that. But, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this too many times, but this, this is the most divisive time in our country. And there's a lot of things that we need to do better. Um, you know, we're, we're too busy talking and not listening. We'd rather use force than exhibit love. We'd rather be angry and um, then attempt to understand each other. Um, you know, there are more people that have put their faith in Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Um, they're putting their faith more in Blue Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. Um, and, and that's not to say that nobody's life doesn't matter because um, we are all unique and we are all God's children. But there are injustices that happen. It, it's, it's some of which are very clear um, as day to, to many of us. And for those that have experienced firsthand some of those injustices, it's very real to us. And so, um, you know, there's this, these people who have this, this ride or die mentality with um, politics or race and, 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 and divisiveness. But the question is really, you know, when you see someone putting so much faith in, in, a, in a candidate running for office, or you see so much faith in an organization, um, where's the faith or where does, where does Jesus fall into that? would be my question. 
Um, I mentioned it earlier. There's no hatred to anybody that's a Trump supporter. There's no hatred for anybody that says all lives matter. There's there's no hatred for someone who chooses um, to marry someone of the same sex. I don't have hatred for them. You know, I want to understand them. I want to I want them to know that you're my brother. You're my sister. Um, and, and there's love for you there. There's understanding for you there. And, and my job is to do those two things, love you and understand you. That, that's my job, not to judge, not to criticize, not to condemn, not to, you know, issue out sentences and tell you what you shouldn't do. That, that's not my job. You know, Jesus died on the cross and that makes him available to everybody. Who am I to tell you, you can't have Jesus when he died for you too? So, you know, I, I this whole series, um, I, I pray again that that it, it enlightens people, that it impacts people in a positive way. And I love the the end. Again, we talked about the end of Romans, and I want to leave you with with two things. Um, the first is going to be um the 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 last passages, the last passage of scripture in Romans. And um one of the things that Paul, again, we talked about this, is this incredible amount of love and appreciation and joy he has at the end of this letter. Um, but I love the end of the benediction he gave. And, and for those, a benediction is a closing. It's kind of a summary, kind of a, a wrap up to a letter or even pastors do it. Um, but Paul does this in... Um, the end of Romans, and it's Romans 16, 25 to 27. And he says, now all glory to God who was able to make you strong, just as my good news says, this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plans for you, Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time, but now as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles so that they may too believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And I want to leave with a prayer um, for anybody that hears this uh, message, because I I believe that it's going to be life-giving. It's going to be life-changing. And I feel like it's going to be life-challenging because it's going to make us think about ourselves a little bit differently. It's going to make us, you know, is our mission connected to God? Is our mission that we're we're driving for equality and driving for unity? Is it truly is is Jesus woven into that mission? Because if he's not, then that mission is self-serving, and ultimately, that's not you know that that will open ultimately lead to more division and lead to more um, contradiction um, on a lot of people. And so I, I just pray right now, God, I pray that anyone who listens to this message, these four episodes, that they are able to to not quickly judge God, but really take the time to listen, take the time to understand, take the time to to, to acknowledge the heart behind the message, acknowledge the scriptures that within each of these episodes, Father God, that people can see and look at the life of Paul and understand themselves and maybe even see themselves a little bit, God, in whatever role they play or don't play in division, Father, whether they erases or prejudice or discriminatory or anything, Father God, because the truth of the matter is, Father God, we all play a part in some way 
um, in, in division. And Father God, if we can start to see ourselves and start to challenge ourselves and start to grow ourselves and love one another, we will ultimately see the unity and the togetherness and the joy that Jesus Christ has, has ordained for us to, to partake in, Father God. And so I thank you and praise you for this opportunity. I thank and praise for anyone who's listening to this, Father, that even that they can just take it and they can run with it and they can just know Jesus, Father God. I'm not asking them to change. I'm not asking them to, to denounce anything. The only thing I'm asking them is just an opportunity to have an open mind to who Jesus is. And, and he will do what he always does, which is love them, acknowledge them, and, and treat them as a child of his own. And in your son's name we pray, amen. Man, I just wanna say again, thank y'all so much for being with us. And um, we'll be back again next week. Um, I, I just pray that, you know, as you hear these messages, you share, you comment, you um, send, send me feedback. You can even email me um, at thisisvantagepoint at gmail.com. Once again, thisisvantagepoint at gmail.com. I would love to hear from, from you. How are you enjoying these series? What ideas do you have? What thoughts do you have? Um, by all means, share them. I appreciate everybody. And we'll catch y'all next week on Vantage Point. Mm -hmm.